not work. That's always the good one. That always works. <laughs> have we have we got to do our little intro again? Yeah, I think so. Well, swish, the intro worked this time. We did it. We got it all and nailed in. And now no, no now we're all good. We're, we're working. I'm, is, I'm, it, is the audio working? It is. I'm redoing the intro. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm joking about it. I'm saying. Okay, go on. All right. Okay, go swish. Go oh, the intro was really on. smooth, but this like stupid fucking interface not actually like working when it normally works. But anyway, we've been busy. We've been doing stuff. We've noticed this AI fucking not ai this npc tiktok phenomenon and what what i was trying to um tell angie without obviously telling all of you because our mics weren't fucking working was that that, um i actually think that this ai uh not ai sorry this npc tiktok live stream phenomenon is um, some kind of absolute psyop by uh the ccp to essentially make people think that this is popular mm. and that this is actually like a thing that people are doing now and that this is just where culture and society has gotten to. I think that because that's it, like a... it demoralizes everybody to then, and it makes us see our fellow people and men and women of society as like, Oh, you might seem like a normal person, but you also might be one of those people that are actually donating stickers to a fucking <laughs> NPC live streamer as like a bit of entertainment. And that, I don't know. I don't know if like that's just kind of my age. And if I knew that someone participated in that kind of behavior, my estimations of them would plummet yeah. to the fucking ocean floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, the, and this is the psyop game that I think it is, it's playing is that it's not necessarily just like, Oh, isn't this silly? And haven't we infested your fucking social media with all this retardation? Yeah. But it's actually like, no, I, it's I affecting, also... it's affecting the way that you think about other people and where other people are at now but I also just... in this current time and culture and everything that they're so fucking far gone that they would participate in shit. Like I this. disagree. I think that that's an obfuscation. I think that blaming China is easy. <laughs> I think that saying, oh, it can't possibly be that our fellow people have gotten this like. Sorry, is my prager you bad showing? <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by the Koch brothers. I wish we would have a better setup and our audio would work if we were fucking sponsored by the Koch brothers. But hey, if you're listening, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take it. You, I wouldn't, you I wouldn't take, take Coke I w- money. I wouldn't take the money. You would take even a little bit of Coke money. <laughs> no, because like, what's the point? Yeah, because then you, really you just get you get, and then you have to do like fucking boomer ticks and like you fucking... get piped into another different type of content pipeline, yeah. and then a different set of bots are all fucking launched upon but your then, content to make you look popular, which yeah, leads yeah. some people to view actually view it. Which you know, it's all absolutely fake but and back, fabricated. But back to what you were saying, I I think it's easy to blame China, and I think you see that argument a lot, especially on social media, of people being like, none of these trends could possibly be organic. It must be, you know, fake. But no, I think that like the incentive structure of social media and like the growing sort of alienation has bred this monstrous culture and that what you are seeing is very real. And like, I feel like trying to just say, oh, it's like fake or it's like manufactured is a way of not confronting the fact that we're at in sort of an existential emergency it's not it's not that it's not i'm I'm not trying to obfuscate by making this theory what i'm trying to say is i've seen i've seen you know the idea that tiktok is reverse opium wars yeah i've seen like you know then them even refer to certain types of digital engagement i.e playing games as spiritual opium so that's something that they're very, very clearly of, clued yeah. in on the effects of yeah. different types of digital engagement or whatever. But they're also... And with- so is it out of the question 
that actually, and the first ones of these NPC live streamers all came from China as well. Yeah. So yeah. is it out of the question to actually debate or even bring up the idea that these are totally fabricated and it is to have this effect on you? It's not nothing to do with money or any of that. It's literally to make you think that we are so far gone and shit that people would fucking actually do this, number one. And then number two, you see how popular it is. Mm. Tens of thousands of people at any yeah, one yeah, time yeah. all literally fucking watching this benign brain numbing shit and it's just like that definitely changes how you start to think about, about people. people yeah and that's true. the game it's not it's not like oh china's bad and whatever it's like no it's a very clever insidious fucking psyop game to make everybody else f- judge other people yeah yeah well that's the whole kind of function of social media is sort of social um judgment and like social ostracization and also kind of like mass formation and I, I think a lot of the traffic currently on these streams or whatever is coming from people who are just like there are people who are genuinely into it and it may be like a fetish for them. But I think because it's become such a fixture of the cultural conversation, a lot of people are just fucking curious and want to be part of this cultural moment. Like I remember there was one TikTok of a girl who was making fun of the NPC streamers. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 minutes later, she's making NPC streaming content or whatever. And it also speaks to the fucking precarity in the job market for young people. Because, like, we think... Because we're, like, middle, middle, middling millennials. We're both 29 or whatever. So we see ourselves as young people, but we forget there are, like, 22-year-olds behind us and what the job market must be like for them, how difficult it must be currently, considering how hard it was for, like, our generation or whatever. And then they see people doing this sort of thing and making... Like the the girl obscene money yeah obscene money the girl who's the girl who uh, initially went viral the black girl mm-hmm. she was I think she's making like seven thousand dollars a per, day a day or something crazy like that it's just utterly <laughs> just like, stupid but the funny thing is she actually stopped the stream in order to reprimand her child yeah which like destroyed the illusion for all of the like weird coomers who are like watching her I've got to be honest a lot of the a lot of the hot takes I've seen on YouTube mm. trying to explain the phenomenon or rationalize it in whatever way uh you know these influencers and whatever people can it does largely revolve around oh see there are kuma and look she's like jumping up and down doing a thing about ice cream and it's a sexual <laughs> thing and it's a fetish yeah, and yeah. that's what like and I feel like that's way easier obfuscation than my fucking well, Looney, you, than my Looney Tune CCP fucking psyop idea. I feel like obvious, like dude, you live, you you're fucking existing in the digital realm of the internet, and you're gonna jack off to that. Yeah, but like, the thing is, no, there are some people no, who I like don't, the I don't idea of engagement, like the, the types of guys who are like on OnlyFans and stuff. The thing that makes it erotic for them is the idea that like this girl is interacting with them and that she's doing stuff because they're like making her do stuff or whatever. That's like what brings the erotic thrill. So like pornography alone doesn't do it for them. They need some uh, form of like parasocial engagement or whatever. I'm I'm sorry, I I don't <laughs> I think I think that's too Jake's much like, of I a, want my bitches nameless and faceless. I think that's too I think that's too much of an easy excuse and I don't think that it's as simple as fetish. I think that there is an amount of the audience that is like 
just TikTok users that then you stumble across this and it's a fucking weird video. So you're on it for like, you know, maybe more than 30 seconds and that adds then up to you stumbling across it and you see 10,000 people on it because that's the 30 seconds that those 10,000 people are actually watching it. But it's like the um, same, it's the same type of people who like Bad Baby, for instance, or anyone who has gone viral for something stupid or quote unquote antisocial. It sort of attracts like a milieu of like, like this weird peanut gallery of celebrators or whatever. I don't think it's all f- sexual, I saw but I think that there's a large subset of it that actually is. I saw someone the other day, um, I think, I can't remember if it was like some sort of me- like medium article, a very sweaty medium article of <laughs> someone that was clearly, I don't know, it was actually, it, was, it, it raised an interesting mm-hmm. idea, but I, thund- I fundamentally disagree with it. And maybe that's because mm. of my aging connection with the people that they were talking about. Yeah. But they were essentially saying that you had Tom Green and Jackass, and mm-hmm. now you have this. <laughs> Which was that, look, people have been doing stupid shit for the sake of comedy or attention or however you'd want to put yeah. it for ages. This isn't a new thing. This is just yeah. the latest form that it's in, and get to, get to grips with it, old man, essentially. Was but how the, many of these people the... are going to create the magnum opus that was Freddie Got Fingered? Well, this is my point. That's the thing. And you, can't, you can't compare. And hey, I would also... Freddie Got Fingered is a genius. I would, like. I would also say jackass uh, at least pick your favorite one but of the first three jackasses like any one of those they should that, that one of those should be held in like a in a vault somewhere yeah because it captures a time and a culture everything like so fucking yeah. perfectly wasn't it and, mtv yeah but that's what i'm saying that was different because it was like okay mtv is gonna give us because mtv was this young cutting edge like edgy thing and they were like we're a bunch of stupid guys and they're gonna give us a bunch of money to do stupid shit that's different than like i'm trying gonna do to go stupid viral. shit yeah. in the hopes that in the hopes I'll that get... i might go viral or whatever but there are a few people like that mizzy kid who we were talking about a few weeks ago mm-hmm. who was like going into people's houses and like pretending to be a burglar mm-hmm. <laughs> like as a little black boy yeah that's just like fucking <laughs> I don't know. Oh I think God. that whole thing that whole whatever, thing just I'd ended up becoming concerned. super vapid. It was yeah. just like, oh, look at me causing trouble. And yeah, you think I'm a troublemaker because I'm black. That means you're racist. Yeah. And not only that, but then I've also got this the like attention of the media this this kind of like, like blah 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 exit the matrix kind of yeah, like yeah. philosophy yeah. that i'm now trying everybody's, to kind of spout or something pushing some kind of but it's also like you're only right 18 and you clearly haven't actually <laughs> studied philosophy you've like or not studied philosophy. that sounds really shitty no no 18 year old's gonna have fucking studied philosophy well, what do you mean? but it's more like he was sort of i'm not a prankster i'm a philosopher it was like something he yeah, tweeted yeah, yeah. and you're <laughs> yeah. just like I'm sorry, man, but like language can be stretched so fucking far, and you're not a fucking philosopher. Like you've read, How do you know and because wh- you can, because all of the language that he's using is literally Andrew Tate, but strip out all of the haram. Yeah. Well, the thing is, every, every- <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Tate strip out all the haram and like kind of like peppered misogyny stuff, and you've got essentially Mizzy and what he's trying to pitch. But that's part of the grift. It's so that so that it's like lowest common denominator. The NPC stream is just kind of the logical conclusion of like the current internet incentive structure and like if you're not pushing some kind of exit the matrix red pill philosophy to awaken your followers then you need to be like a hot young girl 
doing NPC fucking hand ticks or whatever the fuck for hours on end for tips. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's the internet used to be a lot more creative, but now everything feels like e-begging, like just more intricate forms of e-begging. Yeah. Even the news you listen to. I, I who is it we were watching the other day that was selling silver or whatever the Russell fuck? Brand. Yeah. But it's all but what he's fucking what, selling but silver even, and the, shit. Like everybody's the, fucking panhandling and e begging and not, like not just that. I've also it's no, like is the news an excuse for the e begging? Is I've the fucking what like what everything just feels like it's I, I've noticed that. I've noticed, okay, since um since Russell's joining Rumble and whatever kind of content negotiations or deals have then been struck for him to run his operation as it is now. He covers the same fucking topics as a whole bunch of people that also seem to be in the same like Milieu. media little mm-hmm. bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that thing of does the cynical person in me go, oh, they're all probably getting paid and getting stuff sent to them mm-hmm. by the same group of people? Mm-hmm. Or is it, oh all of my peers are also talking about this thing. So I should also make a video about this thing. It's a mixture. Or are they like, hey, you should cover this. This week, we would really love it if you did a video about this. No, I think... Because then everybody does a video about it. And you're like, how is this? It's a mixture, but I don't even think it needs to go that far. I think that like in order... There's like a sort of subtle social pressure in the media environment to conform to certain models that yield success. And that includes sort of chasing the algorithm and being incredibly topical and being bound by the topical model and like when it comes to news and stuff that's like the the feature and then when it comes to these like npc streams it's like under 25 hot girl specific aesthetic that's like anime but like pornified anime Mm -hmm. or whatever there's like all these weird media formats now that exist and your job is to just sort of slot yourself into one of them and cannibalize like as much attention from the attention economy as possible. The actual creativity, the message is secondary. The grift is the primary fucking thing right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just I find it I find it like abject. I think that the way the media environment is evolving is really just gross and demoralizing. Your China take is very interesting for sure, but I also think Mate, I think it's a fucking <laughs> valid theory. I think I there's so think much I think like obfuscation even the fact that this is just the natural result of the media. And the thing is China has been accelerationist with it in in the sense that they've tested a lot of these models on their own population. I mean, even the evil model that Replica is using, which we're going to talk about in a minute. We're going to circle back round to that um but yeah, even the evil model that Replica's using, wasn't it tested in China prior to... Isn't that what we read? Replica is actually m- made in the West. It was developed but they, in the But it West. was some technology or something, something that they used that was from China, or what was it again? No, it's, the, China has their own stuff that they're doing, but Replica's is completely Or Western. they copied something that China did, which no, is what it said. No, it was this woman that like lost her partner and then wanted to make a No, companion. no, no, I know that. I know that. I'm talking about the... Um, it was something i it was in the video we watched or whatever i forget but it was something to do with china having it was gaming sorry i'm forgetting Mm. it was with gaming and it was to do with um online gaming in china and how um it was like they tested something on what was it again do you remember i don't know it's probably something to do with like some hard numbered way that you could measure 
um, success or whatever that meant yeah. in the Chinese system. And that if you gamed what? more than the allowed amount of hours, which is, I think, three hours or something like this, I don't know if that's a week or a day, but that's, you know, an, an amount of time that if you gamed more than that, that you would your test scores would drop and that would make you a bad citizen. No, it wasn't that. It was something else that they did. I, I don't know if it was like a farms, something to do with... Um... World of Warcraft or whatever. That's a totally different thing. That's where like Chinese um, whole warehouses of Chinese of office blocks essentially yeah. are using people to farm gold in World of Warcraft. <laughs> and the, and the, I mean, this has existed a long seems, a long does, time in lots of different. There capacities, does seem but... to be a gaming culture in China. Also that's illegal. Be, like what huge... they're doing, those gold farming things, that's not just illegal but, from like a blizzard, I'm trying to make money, don't sell gold in my game standpoint. But, but also, also from a Chinese, you can't game more than three hours a day. Like that's there 100% There also seems to be a illegal. huge streaming culture in China as well. They have like huge streaming farms um, mm -hmm. where people are like paid like minimum wage to mm -hmm. just stream endlessly. Um, there's also a, a massive kind of... Uh, what was it? it yeah they're streaming what else was there there's there, there's a lot of like accelerationist weird shit going on in china and you think that because a lot of people who are like china stands are like oh china understands like the corrosive aspects of capitalism on collective psychology and they curtail that shit on their pop for their population it's like no not really like a lot of the um models that are now being implemented in the west have already been implemented there mm -hmm. like even stuff like an omni platform for instance which is kind of what elon musk is trying to create with x with the rebranded twitter x or whatever part of the reason he's attempting to get rid of the twitter brand is because it's associated with like microblogging and whatever and he wants to turn x into a sort of omni app where you can do more than just like read people's opinions and thing is china has already had that sort of model so the idea that there's like checks and balances on this stuff or that they're not necessarily exploiting their own people in certain ways i don't i don't necessarily buy that which is why i don't necessarily fully buy the idea that oh china's just trying to destabilize the west with its apps we're really actually really good and noble no i'm not and i'm not like, I'm, know, I'm not making the statement that we're good and noble i'm making the statement that there is a, it is potentially a psyop and nothing about what we do or how we're better, anything like that. <laughs> Just purely the fact that this is potentially a psyop in the way that it's doing, what its goal is, why it exists. And you think it's like there to demoralize us and to make us feel like our fellow man is retarded? Absolutely. I think that that's already kind of the case. Like, I don't think... No, that... but it's just, it's more things that crop up that cement that feeling. Yeah. And yeah. like, actually, you see it visually that there is another person literally doing this and not only that thousands of people watching and supporting it yeah it's like it's it's not just they've written this thing and hypothetically you know west is bad and china's good or whatever mm -hmm. it's like a very practical thing yeah which yeah. is why it's different it's like a physical psyop yeah it's crazy in my opinion definitely well, moving on to replica um no no, no. we got oh. we got we got we got we got screen actors guild stuff first okay well i thought that, that would be a good segue to move from that to this but if you want to go yeah let's do screen full, actors full guild circle. first because that's what i've got on my on my thingy and All i don't right. want the obs to break no as it as has it already been does. fucking around with us yeah. a lot today <laughs> Let's well, see if this works. Well, hey, it well, worked. Hey. So there we go. So a lot has been going on with 
the writers strike obviously and the screen actors guild strike one of the sort of massive things that's been going on in the news currently is the fact that studios have now proposed to replace a lot of different things with ai not just actors but also just in terms of generating stuff that they otherwise wouldn't have had the power to but one of the um things that came out of the uh the strike was the fact that studios were sort of talking about scanning the likeness of extras yeah and <laughs> for a single day's work yeah, for a single to day, then yeah, use to then their use likeness in perpetuity yeah. which was quite insane yeah. but um yeah and then not only that but then as this has all been going on there was a company that essentially made this big pitch that they could uh, ai generate uh, entire episodes of South your f- your favorite tv shows yeah. and they use south park i guess as a as a baseline because it is also um you know very simplistic in its art style mm. there's like it, uh, the actual if you'd looked at the production cost of an episode of south park especially these days where it's digital and you've got templates and you're just moving characters around and stuff mm-hmm. i can totally see how they use this as a as a first example i think the timing of it is incredibly <laughs> insensitive and, sh- <laughs> and shit and uh and not good but it is um it, it's like that thing i think you were mentioning like incentives within the media and whatever like that all these fucking things are businesses, man, and their incentive is to make money. Yeah. And like, it's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper yeah. to um, generate, you know, TV shows where you don't have to pay anybody, and you're like just signed up for whatever cloud service that's going to just... generate you new TV yeah. shows. And not just that, um, they can also afford to wait the strikes out. They have like, and so they have much... literally said that as well. Yeah, that they're just going to wait for people to go broke, basically. And starve them out. Yeah, basically. So and that on they'll... top of that, there have been, uh, been a few things announced that are going to be entirely AI-generated in upcoming movies. So um, Tom Hanks and Robin, what's-her-face, are going to be re- digitally recreated for an upcoming project, which I'm guessing has something to do with Forrest Gump. Since they're the, that's the only movie that they've both been in together. James Dean is being resurrected from the dead too, and is mm-hmm. going to appear in a up upcoming film. So it's already sort of being implemented, and I only see it sort of accelerating from this this point forward. Um, and yeah, they can afford to wait out, the, and that they can afford to wait out the the actor strike. And on top of that. Silicon Valley has been cozying up to Hollywood like crazy. I saw a news report of a tech company that basically 3D renders, does 3D renderings of people and then can either animate them or change the person to look like whatever the fuck they want Mm -hmm. and render scenes that would maybe take three weeks to do in like an hour. So obviously studios are really... Um, excited about the potential of this technology and how it's going to save time and money but then when the news anchor asked the guy is this going to affect anyone's job he was like no it's a creative tool of course it's not going to it's just something that needs to be used and needs to be out there and it just it's so funny how like whenever any sort of ethical question is asked they just like gloss over it but yeah I find this sort of diabolical marriage of Hollywood and Silicon Valley really like worrying and i think it's also really interesting that now that the actors and the writers are striking and attempting to use what they view as their power 
to pressure the studios. Silicon Valley sort of swooped in and is like, hey, guy. Mm -hmm. And it's not, the thing is, it's not just happening to Hollywood. It's going to happen in so many different industries. Um, and I think people really associate Silicon Valley with like fucking social media, blah, 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 blah. Those platforms and, and streaming, like those platforms aren't even profitable. They're dying. Like where the real money is right now is like AI and robotics and all the things that are going to like be the frontiers of the future and like the interfaces of the future. That's really what these companies are focusing on. And they're trying to find ways of marketing their technologies to businesses that can use them to cut costs, uh, you know, lower completely like, you know, lower the cost of things like blah, blah, blah. So yeah, like Hollywood is already taking advantage of this and I just see it kind of continuing in this in this way. But I'm also not really that concerned. Like I don't care that much because I don't watch that much TV anymore. Yeah. Or films. <clears throat> like I I find them pretty boring and like <laughs> and, and I don't think there's that much creativity or spirit in most of them. So No, but then it's I think there is an interesting philosophical debate around a lot of um, a lot of it as well where I think there's a pretty shitheady take to have around the whole writer strike thing of being like oh you're striking yeah but what have you made for me recently She-Hulk and uh, <laughs> you know all of these travesty fucking what shows that like fucking... no one gives a shit about like it's okay what, well what are you fighting so, for, for Wes Anderson to make fucking Bob the Builder like well, that's what's coming next like that's basically it. Like, didn't a bunch of studios just signed a deal with Mattel, where they're they're going to be making forty different films based on Mattel toys, and like you know that's basically what's left. Like even with Barbie, like you know Greta, what's her face, she's like an indie darling or whatever, and like you know was making all these sort of quaint little indie films, and now she's like doing this like massive corpo film or whatever, because mm -hmm. that's like the material, that's the medium that is like left to work within, because it's become so corporate and so corporatized that if you want to tell a story, that's the kind of palette that you have to deal with. Oh, we need to press the button <laughs> so we don't go off. But yeah, that's the kind of palette that any artist has now to tell a story. And I mean, that's not to say interesting things can't come of that. But at the same time, it's like kind of... Well, it's the, it's the constraints of the current system and yeah. the way that it works, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that then leads to the current output. And if people aren't really like happy or they're less engaged with uh, TV culture, as it was, like I think definitely that would be the case if you sort of look back even across my kind of adolescence and adulthood you had stuff like breaking bad and game of thrones that literally dominated people's conversation week to week mm -hmm. in a way that um was pretty like i guess kind of natural in a way as well because it came off the back of like soap culture and lots of other mm -hmm. kind of stuff that was that week to week kind of storytelling that people were genuinely engaged with mm -hmm. and the internet didn't completely break that no. it was actually kind of it added of, to it in a way it added like to it and made and made and uh, made quality. certain things accessible right like i would never have watched um game of thrones even if i um you know didn't have the internet because i wouldn't have had sky because i you know i wasn't a fucking middle class prick or whatever <laughs> you know my parents didn't dish out for the satellite fucking system <laughs> so it's just like not how it goes but yeah, now you've got the yeah. internet you can fucking pirate that shit yeah. and you can watch it regardless even if you're yeah. not uh, subscribed to anything and that even then fuels the fucking 
profitability of these shows in it all did. sorts of ways. So like you know, it's like Game oh, you you can't torrent and uh, pirate things is this bad? No, like no, it's not. Piracy is actually initial success to pirating, and the executive producers even came out and admitted that it's that thing of like on one hand, in certain mediums and cultures piracy is based and good <laughs> but in other things it's actually kind of it's um, fundamentally like would you steal n- a bag Jake? fundamentally not cool dude <laughs> you know like um it is fundamentally like the downfall of the entire music industry yeah yeah but at the same time i feel like it's been shown that it makes things like game of thrones more profitable yeah, if probably. people have access to it yeah so it's like it, you know, horses for courses kind of thing. But I also feel kind of gaslit because it's like uh, uh, on one end, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that this like bloated, decadent behemoth is finally like in its death throes. But at the same time, is that really true? We've been trying to get tickets to watch fucking Barbie because I'm like curious about it. Well, no, you were supposed to get us into a screening and you couldn't use your magical Soho Man powers to do it. <sighs> That's how under demand this fucking movie is. Like we were this close to getting to see it and then... But it's okay. We're going to see it next week. But yeah, like um, Barbie, you can't get a seat. Oppenheimer, you can't get a fucking seat. Regardless of, you know, the idea that Hollywood is failing, these films are still like fucking... The marketing was like so intense. And also the mass formation psychosis that it's like created. Yeah. <laughs> like people, the, the takes on Twitter have been flying. A lot of, I've, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who are like doing the takes haven't even fucking seen the film everybody's everybody's like batting everybody's making it about their political views as well of course they are it's like what, <laughs> like, what did you expect this is why it's hard for me to do the podcast sometimes because i'm just like too much is going on and most of it is retarded like what am i supposed to fucking talk about like people are like oh barbie's so, woke the, oh no it was based and like right wing so it the, was a celebration i don't of Apollonia i don't know about it's like oh my god i don't know about i don't know about all of that because i haven't seen the film yet so i'll wait to see the film before i pass any judgment on what it's actually trying to say but i think you know when you when you looked at different types of stats of how like how successful different things are like in industry and whatever right like as as the film industry goes it's become a little bit more like the music industry in the way that you have nine misses and one hit yeah but the one hit is such a fucking hit that it fucking makes up for all the rest and it just everyone celebrates it and it's the biggest fucking thing and so last year you had top gun and that essentially then proved yeah we can still do this we can still make fucking balls to the wall (laughs) epic fucking action movies and make a shitload of money doing it you should have it was fucking amazing i know and that, right, not, not all of the big hit of shows or like films are going to be shit like schlocky stuff. Sometimes they are genuinely good films. Yeah, yeah. yeah this year, you've now had Barbie and Oppenheimer, which had that same kind of effect. The, I mean, Chris Nolan, whenever he makes a film, people talk about it. He's yeah, one of those kind yeah, of directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's going to be an amount that that just happens and naturally through when he's in the release cycle of making a film. Barbie is an interesting thing to make a film about, especially at this time, because of its history. Gender wars? Yeah, gender wars, how women are portrayed in media, all of these different things. Uh, It's a very interesting time to make a film about Barbie, who is like the consumerist icon of feminine beauty in lots of ways, and had been for decades for most people's childhoods that are still alive today. So so both of those, I get the, it's totally valid why everyone is so fascinated with these Mm. two films. And I think it's great and really healthy that you can't get a seat in any of the best things is in the in london 
because everybody wants to see it. I they, think that's fucking great. They, that's healthy, and there should be more of that attitude. But there can't be because a not a lot of fucking films are made to the quality for you to actually get excited to, about them. But like you're that. saying so. Basically, you're saying that you think that the Barbie Oppenheimer sort of frenzy isn't necessarily indicative of the the power of Hollywood. That no, it's just because these films are what they are that they're popular it's not necessarily because hollywood has like a hidden ace up its sleeve or whatever no not at all but then then again sound of freedom we'll we'll move on to the other stuff in a minute but sound of freedom has made a ton of money despite the fact that it's been mostly maligned by the mainstream and there's this there's a sort of almost saltiness about the fact that this film that's like an outsider quote-unquote film is making money comparable to the summer's biggest blockbusters. So there's like this... Um, Almost. I don't necessarily see that as like, oh, yeah, because I think it's just like... Because it's annoying. There's even an app now where you can look at whether brands are liberal or conservative and shit. And I feel like that's kind of what it's splitting into. You Sweet. Have... I can like model my entire <laughs> life to make sure I'm only buying based products. <laughs> you can try. I mean... Excellent. All the conglomerations are in bed with each other anyway. I feel so like that like... is such a... It's just what modern politics is. And that it's the same thing with... Um, sound of freedom versus the horrible woke barbie and like you know the hollywood degeneracy or whatever the fuck it's just two markets and it's like people carving out market value from these two markets these two deeply animated passionate markets fucking normie libs who are like consumers and like conservatives who are also consumers but like view themselves as outsiders or whatever the fuck that's a huge demographic full of pay piggies who are willing to part with their money to feel like they're like doing activism and saving the world in the yeah. same way that liberals do the same fucking shit like a lot of them thought that like watching don't look up uh last summer or winter when was it that, that yeah came last out? christmas yeah was them like doing their part to, or whatever to promote a good message or whatever and it's just like this is what it's like it's devolved into hey, like, i wanted to like that film it was made by the guy that did the big short like i really rate him and pretty much all the movies he's made around that era like he did vice as well with uh freaking that was fucking short, awesome and i thought it was whatever Oh no, it was great. Like the big short was was a good film. Like let's not just be snippy just and like a, shitty because he did oh, a, a lib film afterwards. No, but the big like short it doesn't was mean like about mortgage shit. It's like yeah. adult problems. Yeah, that but I it was want to think about when okay. I'm watching a movie. What, what, whatever. <laughs> what? Oh, I hate to break it to you. Oppenheimer might be a bit heavy for you then. I'm not, okay? even, that, <laughs> like, I'm not even that stoked. I don't even care really. I'm, there's not. The, what am I excited for? I'm excited for Hayao Miyazaki's new unnamed unmarketed it's not unnamed unnamed. sorry what's the name of it the boy and the heron the boy and the heron well it's unmarketed uh because he's just that much of a fucking gangster that he can just fucking and that's how it should be he just fucking drops the movie he's higher fucking Miyazaki. of course we're gonna go fucking see a fucking movie but the thing is it's not coming out in london yet and we don't know when i hate that we get movies later than the rest of the world it sucks i've been trying to use all my little insider contacts to be like hey when's when's yeah, it coming when's bro it coming, like what's no, what's going on like, actually mate it's not been announced yet it's like well fuck, as dude? soon as you know anything like message Please me, let me because know. i'm excited you know. for that um i'm excited for there's this one other film i think it's made by the guy who did the favorite and emma stone is in it again and it looks really quirky and like right up my alley so there's going to be a great um theatrical experience that everybody should do in december what 
I'm, I'm amazed that this is even actually coming out into public theatres and what? it's going to get some screen time. 40th anniversary of Scarface. Oh my god. I am fucking hyped, mate. I am fucking <laughs> hyped. Like, that film is amazing and i've only ever watched it like either on my laptop or just at home on like my little my little system on my shitty fucking pc monitor so to get a proper theatrical experience of fucking scarface is going to be amazing that's going to be a film that i remember probably for my entire life you screened apocalypse now the other day that that was was, um that was so I think good. we've mentioned it on probably three episodes yeah. now, but it was literally just the most ridiculous <laughs> yeah. OP yeah. fucking yeah, experience ever, though. That was I, the thing. I felt like I was right there in the thick of it because of being in that, like, like fucking, probably the best theater in, like... The world, yeah. It is one of them. Yeah. And, like, getting to be, like, immersed in that film, sound and picture was, like, a really intense... Like, when Kurtz gives his speech, like... And his head was like this big. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god, this is too much for me right now. I can't take it. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Dude, I feel... just that intro with the doors and yeah. the fucking helicopters, yeah. fucking zooming around you and shit. Like to the, this is the end. Like I feel like holy every fuck. guy when they hear a helicopter overhead, <laughs> like <laughs> that song just starts playing. In no, that now all that happens <laughs> is the quote in my mind is just like Charlie don't surf. That's why we're taking this fucking beach because Charlie don't fucking surf. <laughs> Oh my you god. You look like you could be in the film. I look like you said I could have been the photographer guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jake, Dennis Hopper crazy nuts. He looks like yeah, uh, thank you. He looks like Jon Snow now. Look, everybody managed to miss that embarrassing intro because <laughs> the mics weren't working and now you've brought it up again. You've got to say say ghost in a northern accent. No. Go on. I'm not going to do role play for you oh, no, on the come stream. Oh, please. This is like for too me. much. <laughs> look, we got to move this over to OnlyFans if I'm starting to fucking give you role play on Just the stream. Just a little bit. Just a little bit no way oh. dude no way i i bully you like yigret bullies john do you want to see a little bit of this sim- of this ai south park yeah i do because it, i thought it was Is like it it, no it was pretty shit but i still think <laughs> that it was like it's it's still it's still interesting to see where it even like they show you the kind of the software that they use to make it yeah it's called showrunner that is called something like showrunner which wow. i thought like for you is like with your because you were trying, like, that was your whole thing is, like, TV and whatever when you were in uni. I was like, Angie would literally, her soul die when she sees this. Oh, my God. Why do you want to kill my soul? <laughs> Why the look at this. Look at this. Look soul? at this. This is called The Simulation. And so they're sketching out all of the characters that are going to be in something. Here we go. Showrunner system. Wow. I mean, I'm slightly, I'm like upset, but also slightly titillated at the same time because, like, it is kind of cool that you can do this. It's just like literally picking all the South Park characters, picking where they want it to do, and, and now it's literally prompt. writing a prompt that is a, like Cartman heard of the Screen Actors Guild strike. The kids are worried uh, about it, so he's they're going to make an episode about this with the voices. With AI generated voices based off of all the hours of uh, of South Park that wow. exists. Does it tell jokes? Like, is it funny? Yeah, well, it tries to tell jokes. So it's, that some they're, they're, it's a it's a bit of a miss. It's obviously it's not Matt and Trey. It's not funny. But... Turn the vo- turn the volume up a little bit. Hang on. Guys, have you heard about the Screen Actors Guild strike? Yeah, it's all over the news. That sucks. Does that mean there won't be any new shows coming out? Exactly. <laughs> and that's where my business idea comes in. <laughs> Like immediately, the inflections and the way yeah. they deliver the lines is completely wrong. No, yeah, but it has its own kind charm? of 
humor yeah, in the way. It's in the very way. kind of like flash animation style kind of taking But it kind it of back. reminds me of early South Park in the way that it's like janky and like kind yeah, of kind of weird. Oh, and none of the mouth animations are accurate to the mouth animations. Like, people might think that this is a really simple thing, but actually there is a different mouth picture for every vowel that you would make with your mouth when you talk. And they literally map those vowel sounds to the script. Wow. So they look legit. So you're looking at it and it's not jarring. When you're watching this and it's jarring, that's why. Because it's literally just scrambled versions of this mouth getting randomly generated to any audio that's coming out. That's illegal and unethical. No, no, no. It's genius. We take existing shows and movies and just replace the actors with deep fake versions of other famous people. Like imagine Game of Thrones, but with Danny DeVito as Daenerys. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Cartman. Is it ridiculous? Or is it so ridiculous that it just might work? No, it's definitely just ridiculous. Well then, I guess you guys won't want to cut of the profits when Queepy takes off. More for me then. There won't be any profits, Cartman. You're going to get sued. Not if they can't prove it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a deep fake streaming empire to build. Disney. Disney. Like it's 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 done it's done a half decent I mean, job, which is I the scary like, thing about if I was it. Like high enough, like I would probably yeah, like you not tell the you difference. You wouldn't know, and I think that's like, I'd probably just like be chuckling. But along this comes like... down to the whole quality versus cost thing because that's yeah. what it comes down to when you're a fucking business dude that's what it comes down yeah. to and if they could get away with just enough where well, the mouth thing yeah. the mouth thing to me as a south park fan and knowing the intimately the process that they use to make and craft the show that i've loved since i was a teenage kid like i can see that that's wrong yeah but to the average person as you said you were kind of half watching where you had it on a second screen which is how most people consume stuff anyway now mm. It's just good enough for you to not care. Yeah, yeah. And that's and but that's but, how most people. But that good enough just to not care has saved you maybe a hundred thousand dollars. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. that is the fucking, the fucking point. point. It's not yeah. this. It's not yeah, generally yeah, yeah. this like very evilly. It's as you were saying before. It's incentives. Mm -hmm. The incentives is to make fucking money and to make the most money you possibly can. Mm -hmm. If you are now aware that people are not <laughs> fully engaged with whatever you're fucking making, well, and not. that people are half watching it anyway, and that you can actually like, get away with murder dude, and fucking like. Dude, look on. <laughs> Look on TikTok, half of the uh, fucking shit you scroll past are like Family Guy clips mm -hmm. or like South Park clips. And then on top of it's like Subway Surfers or whatever. It's, it's making like, the second yeah. monitor in your tiny phone screen where it's already not a monitor. It is like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's giving you the dual split screen on a fucking inches, inches big, big fucking yeah. monitor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all, all monitors are inches big, but I mean, single digits <laughs> inches big. Yeah. Like it's that I couldn't believe that that was already a thing when even, TikTok came even around. Even then, though, it's crazy to me because like if I had access to this, I would try to generate myself a good season three of boondocks yeah because boondocks was already like pretty low quality animation because aaron aaron magruder i think he did it with like a korean animation company to begin with yeah and then it sort of slowly improved mm -hmm. but you saw how janky it was at the beginning and how like shitty it was 
But like, well, there's a whole. I don't want to spurg out about Boondocks because I could go on for days I love about Boondocks. it. But I, I want to try. Actually, try wonderful it. fact about that. That is because uh, MacGruber was still formulating the relationship with the animators, and they didn't understand lots of the prompts that he was trying to give them <laughs> because the humor from like Western yeah, stuff and yeah, Eastern yeah. stuff is so far removed. They're yeah. like, what do you mean Huey doesn't smile? He's a boy. Yeah. And he's like the main character, so of course he smiles. And they're like, no, 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 no you don't, you don't, you don't get, get it. it. Yeah. He doesn't smile. Like he, that's. But that, you know, I think that's kind of what added to the charm of the earlier seasons because it was very Asian. Well, that's that magic chemistry. Yeah, that that's magic the, chemistry. That's the chemistry. Asian, that... Like animation with like black American yeah. humor. It was just so genius. Or and always meant to be. Like you have I don't the, want to do it dirty by making the, a cheap AI version of it that The amount up. of anime references that are, that's in hip hop and whatever like the anime's fucking huge in black American culture. Yeah. Massively. And so it was it was only a matter of time where something like Boondocks was gonna right, come yeah, out. But the yeah. fact that it came out as raw and fucking like just on the nose like and just on the money with all of its social commentary that it was saying as my well my favorite episode is the is, martin uh, luther king oh, episode yeah. where it's, he like <laughs> tells the truth about like the state of black america it's good yeah it was so i so think funny. my favorite one is probably got to be the one where um i can't remember tom's daughter Oh, Jasmine. Jasmine. The little mixed race Starts girl. like a little lemonade stand. And then the big, fat, like, capitalist old guy in the town like, oh, comes yeah, like, yeah. hey, nice little stand you got here. What if I give you some money and you did this and this and this? And then it becomes this whole fucking massive thing. It's just, like, so funny. Oh, my God. All the smoking with cigarettes, because that is just oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely classic. The Milton or whatever. But, okay, was. so you just named, you would want to see a season three of... Uh, of, of um... I, would, I don't want to do Boondocks Dirty okay, do you, by do you, doing do, this to it. Do you like, know what? I want to see what I want to see Joe Rogan do a podcast with a, a Drainic um, God from Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series. <laughs> and looky here, oh my oh, god, look. we found Someone one! Someone did it, we found one. And I thought, literally, this is a, I haven't watched the whole thing, and I'll probably only play a couple of minutes of this, but fuck me i thought this was hilarious and actually like if you could if you could generate if this is the potential of ai and you could generate just silly shit talky conversations play it play it first and then we'll have our argument about it i enjoyed this i thought it was great they will go in beat them up and leave the land resources for the altmer exactly what does the neurobrain think about this will you bring him on the show next time i don't think so why he is an Argonian. What's your problem with Argonians? I don't have any problems with Argonians, but it will not happen. Come on, man. Give him a chance. I have got standards. Standards? Yes. Man, he beat your ass up. <laughs> he defeated you. Who? The Nervrine. Nerva. Yeah, he defeated you. Why would Joe, you? Joe, I'm about to use some very inappropriate language here. Why? I am going to break five walls with just a few gamer words. What happened? I give you 30 seconds to explain yourself and tell me who gave you this idea before I remove the ceiling. I mean, it's... One, two... Okay, enough of your stupid... Wait, he goes on He goes I... on to fucking fully rip into Argonians and Khajiits and shit yeah, into yeah, like yeah, the Elder yeah, Scrolls yeah. universe. But I don't really care because I don't play Skyrim, so it's like whatever. Okay, well, okay, okay, <laughs> like... but... 
so for yeah, for my little nerd brain, that was incredibly funny, but and that's... so and the inflections is like not what they got right in the South Park one, where it was still quite robotic, weird yeah, sounding yeah. voices. The the actual banter and the back and forth between them on mm. oh he beat you up no oh, I'll give you fu-. like that is actually way too good yeah, to be fucking. I agree. I agree uh, that the voices have got because when when it first sort of came about because I remember. There was a, I think it was Drake or some rapper whose uh, voice they used mm-hmm. to make a rap song, but it still sounded robotic and kind mm-hmm. of weird to the human ear. But now it's gotten so good to the point where it doesn't, it sounds almost indistinguishable. Yeah. There are still some nuances that are weird, but it sounds, it sounds indistinguishable. But what I did want to argue about is the fact that there seems to be a lot of podcast formats currently mm-hmm. um, that seem kind of gimmicky and not and sort of novelty based and i i mean there may be certain people who think that the genre in itself is novelty based and should be based on sort of gimmicky things but i don't think this sort of thing has any appeal beyond the fact that like it's a novelty i mean the same thing i remember there's this girl who's like kind of blowing up at the moment where she does like deadpan interviews with like celebrities Mm -hmm. she just sort of came out of nowhere and has all this like inflated clout or whatever and it's the same sort of fucking gimmick she's doing a stupid shtick there's no real substance beyond the shtick which is fine in and of itself but again i think people go to podcasts to find a little bit more than just that and like all you get is like sort of surface level whatever which is fine but i mean once i've scrolled past something like this on tiktok a couple of times it loses its novelty so like even, I don't think it necessarily has like longevity or like staying power in that sense. I don't know. I think that I mean it's yeah. Am I gonna look out other other Elder Scrolls characters but getting interviewed had, like, on a Joe whole Rogan YouTube channel where they were making Joe Rogan interviewing novelty fucking guests or whatever? Yeah, and if they spaced it like a lot of other sensible YouTube uploads, and it was once a week, I would definitely watch the one that came out every week and see who they who he interviewed this time and how funny it was. Absolutely, it's know. like it's so silly and funny. Like I 100 percent would fucking listen to, me, to that. I don't know. For me, once I've seen something like that one or tw- once or twice, it sort of loses its charm after a no, while. No, he, he does it. He does it with this one, and then he and then the next one is like he does it with the dad from Fallout or something like that. You're like, come on, that's gonna be fucking hilarious. There's, there, I could name endless characters in which I, I would click on a video like this and watch it. So like, it feels this. like it feels like there's no point even trying to be a part of the media landscape currently because it's like you're competing against npc streamers and fucking fake podcasts that are like generated by ai like you're in an at the attention economy with like things that are literally designed to suck as much novelty and attention as possible yeah so it's just kind of like what's the point and then at the same time consumers are like conditioned to think that that's like i guess it's also the thing of like it's so it's so meta that if you just it's something like i it's that thing of i feel like if you put a, um like someone from the deep amazon rainforest but they could totally understand english and the language wasn't a barrier but they were very un uh, un uh what would you call it exposed to like modern day culture mm. and you put them in front of uh, a richard Pryor set the jokes that he's telling in his stand up set are quite universal and so you would laugh at them and you don't need all of this layers of context to immediately connect with what he's saying and you can just get it and you can laugh. This, 
you need to know who Joe Rogan is. You need to like be familiar with his com- with his comedy style. You need to then also yeah know Skyrim. Actually, be quite nerdy about Skyrim yeah. lore and all the other. This is a quite specific example, yeah. but it's funny and it hits that layer of funniness because it's so meta. Yeah. But then that makes it inaccessible to a wider amount of people because it's so meta. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But that's the thing is like, that everything is becoming more niche in that way because people can kind of create whatever they want. Yeah. On demand. And that's the point that of AI. Yeah, like fucking and that's the point of AI and I, like cuz I was talking about it with um Danica when she was on the show about like the popularity of of anime for instance mm-hmm. being indicative of the fact that like we're entering a culture where everything is becoming more niche because there's nothing more niche focused than anime like there's this new fucking cringy <laughs> weave shop that just opened up in Camden. I was pretty great, let's be honest. <laughs> I could have spent a lot it's of money like in the there. the biggest fucking Japanese like nerd shop I've ever seen in my life. We nearly spent like 50 quid on like an Ava 1 model. Yep. And I was like, Jake, no, let's not do that. I could have spent, I think it would have been probably 500 pounds on just manga in there. Like, <laughs> easily, easily. I, was, I had to, like, take him. I was like, no, that's it's not your we, birthday that's yet. That's before we get Christmas. to the figurines. That's before we start building up the Dragon Jesus. Ball card, tra- trading card collection. Oh, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot huge. of great stuff in there. And I was like, why there. would they give all this prime real estate in Camden? to an anime store isn't like japanese nerd shit make us big again since we're talking was i saying yeah (laughs) i was like isn't japanese nerd culture a niche thing like why is there this huge japanese mega store now and lo and behold i thought about it for two seconds and was like oh shit like everybody's watching crunchyroll now and you know what now that the writer's strike is like fucking on they're going to be watching Crunchyroll even more. And the reason why it's so popular is because, again, it literally appeals to niche and every single genre. Like I was looking, walking down the aisle where they had all the manga and just about every single niche genre slash character type is represented. Every sexual fetish every form of sexual pathology, everything is like, so whatever niche interest or niche proclivity you have, you can sort of satisfy it with anime. And I feel like that sort of consumer is desperate to see the possibilities of what AI can generate because it's it's specifically tailored for them and their desires and their wants, their needs, what meets the eye. One other in- interesting thing that I thought was an interesting example is that Doja Cat, is currently engaged in like a flame war with her fans because she's sort of attempting to take more autonomy and be less, you know, I guess, parasocial with her fan base, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of stupid because she built her entire thing on being that in that sense. And being a meme. Yeah, and being it? a meme basically. And like uh, now she's dating some guy who they claim is like a white supremacist. I don't know. These fans seem unhinged to me. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. But she's basically telling them to fuck off. And she's been losing followers and doesn't seem to care and is just sort of doing her own thing and has been sort of having this sort of antagonistic relationship with her really crazy stance. When you see the videos of the stands reacting to her it's insane it they like, feel like they re- they own this woman they feel like they got the world of warcraft subscription cancelled yeah <laughs> literally they're reacting like they got their, their mom cancelled their world of warcraft they've subscription. got the tv remote and they're like trying to put it up they, there yeah they are trying to put it up their asshole it's the, it's the fucking greatest freak out ever like it's crazy and not just that again the npc streamers what are they giving those people the illusion of control like part of the reason why i 
I don't I haven't like grown massively in the last couple of years because I refuse to cater to any niche demographic and I also do have a very antagonistic uh relationship with like the viewers and consumers of my content like I really have strong boundaries around my personal life my inner life and also I don't really allow people's expectations to be put on me I'm not also stressing myself out being like I need to constantly be in your face in order for you to notice me otherwise you're gonna forget about me it's like if you like me you fucking stay if you don't then you can fuck off that's kind of like how I do things and the expectations that I set right off the bat but because she's been around for so long and she's her fans have been trained to expect her to be all things to all people Mm -hmm. and to conform now that she's trying to assert her autonomy they're having a fucking meltdown and that's what they really they want an npc they want an ai girlfriend they want something that they can control that they can tell what to do something that will cater to their niche proclivities yeah consumer culture is becoming so unhinged well, and so disgusting like it's not that's the thing though. You, and pathological you mentioned the the drake uh example earlier and um you know there was then a big stink from universal music group being, yeah. oh you can't do this to one of our artists and whatever and we're going to stand behind and we'll stamp out any kind of usage of anyone stealing from our artists and all of this really heavy did like they get mad about it I yeah yeah they, they did this big oh, bah, 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 we're gonna do we're gonna be the police of this and we're not gonna fucking oh like let you do this to people oh it's God. like dude you literally tried to make an ai rapper last year yeah yeah and not only that, that you tried to make a band of fucking NFT monkeys the year before. So you're not really fucking opposed to the idea of this made up character made through AI for you to completely control yep. so that you can make money in no, whatever fucking way you want. They just want to make sure that they're making But you the gotta, you it, gotta stand and fucking and look like you're doing a, a good thing in front yeah. of some other massive artist on your label. When oh, the reality we've, we've, is... We've turned off. Oh, we've turned off. Sorry, guys, if you can still hear us. Shit. Ah! The real- Sorry about that. The, the reality of it is, <laughs> in half a fucking half beat, you'll turn around and create a pop star out of nothing yeah yeah yeah. yeah, you create a pop star out of nothing and it would be exactly what liam gallagher fucking says yeah you know they don't want people like liam gallagher anymore which is why people like him don't fucking exist because they are rock stars in the truest sense of it and you can't be fucking yeah you they're wild they're wild cards you can't be controlled and you can't do this and unpredictable things are going to happen there's going to be chaos along the way and they that's kind wear of, a dress and that's the and magic of it exactly well. and then you, they, <laughs> they now have a, a new generation of people that can be fabricated and made and be told to do this and that and they'll go yeah. off and do it and they'll be successful and they'll be promoted and fucking all the rest of it yeah that game for older for the what we would consider actual fucking rock stars is dead and gone now the idea that they wouldn't even need to manipulate some poor fucking kid to wear a dress and go on fucking stage. They can actually just make up a fucking pop star. Yeah. And that'll be the thing. Yeah. That and that you don't need any mo- anywhere even, else. It's not, like Japan has already done yeah, that. Yeah, they've done that for fucking 20 but, years yeah, with even, Vocaloid. Even beyond, beyond that, part of the reason why uh, Korean pop, K-pop has sort of dwarfed Jap- Japan pop music is because Japan was still, except for in the really sort of cringy idol culture, and that cringy idol culture was specifically meant to appeal to like fucking otaku mm-hmm. incel freaks. But in terms of like actual J-pop, a lot of those stars came up organically and like, you know, were people who were actually musicians or whatever. But K-pop, because they wanted to be 
uh, dominate sort of music on the global stage in Asia, they were like, we're not going to take a chance to wait for pop stars to appear. We're going to manufacture them on a fucking assembly line. Yeah. And if you listen to the types of horror stories that come out of K-pop, the camps that they send them to to train, the fact that they select them from a really young age, they don't let them date, they make them give up their fucking home. Sometimes they don't even let them communicate with their families. All kinds of crazy unhinged shit. You know, what, you know, the, the, the human factor has been what they've been trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. They try to make these, these K-pop stars as unreal as possible coerce them into getting plastic surgery you know all sorts of things control how they dress control what they eat especially with the Mm -hmm. women you have like very strict weight requirements um the thing is is that they will in a in a heartbeat they will get rid of all of that stuff and just make the new pop band because you can make the characters an anime character that has a backstory maybe they even then have their own spin-off fucking anime like the possibilities are literally endless, <laughs> which is kind of, but then, but, but, but then it's it, in Korea and that's like a really interesting example of like Korea. And if they did that, cause it's not just, it's the short sightedness of like, okay, I'm going to do this for, for business sake and it's going to save me a lot of money. And now I've got a completely controllable product, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then all of the other stuff that that would impact plastic surgery surgery and mm-hmm. doctors in mm-hmm. north not north korea in south <laughs> in south korea yeah, yeah, yeah the business for that would be fucking tanking, tanking yeah. going nowhere yeah, because yeah, you've yeah. just eliminated like probably a good 50 percent of the actual demand for the business would have been all these pop stars and all these other people trying to fucking do whatever to be yeah. the next fucking whoever yeah, yeah now you've just gotten rid of that because it's all completely fucking digitized yeah. so it's not just like oh yeah it's isn't it not, isn't it bad that we're like fucking getting rid of like you know artists and and creatives and whatever because we can now digitize and make these con- completely controllable products but it's the knock-on effect of all of that as well then you're going to run out of venues it's going to just be massive conglomerate venues where you can see these crazy hologram fucking but shows of whatever the fuck where it's headed. and everything else is going to be that's null and void that's precisely where it's headed but like, I'm, o- I'm okay because i'm like i want the people who are like fucking consumed by the digital image to just like disappear into it and for people who are actually interested in culture to just kind of split off from that heard because i feel like you know they want what's completely unreal especially in terms of like the way things look and like aesthetics or whatever the fuck so like let them disappear into that world if that's what they want in my opinion well i feel like it's just gonna it's gonna create a dividing line between people that passively go along the river of corporate um media and people that value art and like intent and no, all of that stuff, and so and, and it's the same. It's the like, same way I do. Few and far between. It's the same way I divide music listeners now. You have probably, I would say, at this point in time, seventy-five percent of people are passive music listeners, and by that I mean they receive recommendations on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. They listen to the stuff. They listen to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> And the master yeah, playlist. they listen to the playlist, the playlist, even though it's played in all the shop. They still listen to it at, when they get home as well. Everything oh is awesome, <laughs> and they keep going and going and going. Yeah. But they're passive. They're passive, passive audience. audience yeah. They're not people that are genuinely engaged, engaged with music. Yeah. People that will seek yeah. out artists. People that will do whatever. That they are not active music 
no. listeners. But it's they like are... that with everything. I mean, especially with like the algorithm, because there are some people who argue that culture has always been algorithmic. That's like the new, the new take no, that's going on right now is that the old model was just like an analog algorithm. And that the algorithm no. is just sort of digitized what was the sort of cultural... You know what the analog pattern? algorithm was? Analog algorithm was people that were genuinely passionate about the thing that they were working within and wanted to put awesome, cool things out. Yeah. And so they would go and find 10 bands and be like, oh, I think all of these are going to work. And only seven, only three of them would. And then seven of them you would never fucking hear of again. But it took the curation of someone actually having taste and knowing what is good Mm -hmm. to put that together, Mm -hmm. formulate it as a fucking thing, and send it out into the world. Now, you're relying on people formulating themselves completely and entirely, presenting themselves to the algorithm, hoping then that that latches on in some way, enough buzz and attention that some kind of label will come and approach you and... Offer you a shit offer contract. You, yeah, offer you a shit contract and do nothing <laughs> and for you. Like it's, re- it's, it's honestly like a real mystery. But it's like, it, all the things... I think I made this comment to you earlier. Like I was watching a thing on, on YouTube of someone saying, oh, now that you know they're, they're trying to make you pay for, to get your YouTube videos seen yeah, by people, yeah, 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 yeah. to enter you into the algorithm in this way. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, I think... And even even all the conversation around AI and production of TV and, and film and reducing the costs of that and how that's changed, that this is all so comparable to music. And it's already happened. And, I, and it's the same way that we see all of this crazy, like, what, what did you call it? Um accelerationism in mm-hmm. Asia with like the oh my god that looks fucking scary but that is literally the end result of where we're going kind of yeah, thing exactly, yeah. um, I see that within media where music is the Asia yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. all of the really horrible shit yeah. <laughs> the collapse of everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. has happened to music 20, 20 years, years ago, ago and now everyone's going oh my god did you know that you would re- spend really hard time making something and then you'd put it on a platform and they'd ask you to to actually show it to people you're like yeah duh motherfucker (laughs) that is how the game has been played for like the last five to ten years on the internet for music minimally so like now you're just waking up to this because it's your little fucking youtube videos or whatever like that was that was payola and music prior to the exactly but it's yeah it's sort of just accelerated that that trend but even then even that the, the collapse of studio culture that is all of the tools becoming accessible on your laptop this is the, the same stuff yeah. technology encroaching and getting rid of people's jobs yeah, it is literally yeah, yeah, the yeah. same stuff but it just happened 20 years ago and I think that like music has a nostalgic place in people's idea of where it should be in culture mm. people think that music should be Oh, of course we love music. We honor music. Oh, music's such a, an inherent part of how we live our lives. It's like, no, no it's yeah, not. It's because not. if it was, you'd buy two albums a yeah. month and you wouldn't expect all of recorded music ever for $10. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. if you really cared, it wouldn't be that way. But I don't even understand how it's gone to this because the streaming models aren't even profitable. Like no, Disney, uh, Disney just com- like merge with so- Disney Plus just merge with another fucking streaming network because they're like fucking failing or some shit. The only one that's like making somewhat of a profit is Netflix, but even then it's like negligible, and they've had to like tri- trim a lot of fat. Or Apple. Or, yeah, or Apple. Like literally, like the the streaming model is not even profitable. So but I, this like, is what this guy was saying was that the sign that the YouTuber now putting this as a program forward is a sign that YouTube is spiraling the drain. 
and that it is a dying business that is probably going to have its fucking plug pulled at any moment because it is not a profitable <laughs> business. What would happen, though, if, if YouTube plug got pulled, would the website just shut the fuck down and that's that? I don't know. I mean, it's just... But I think, think about it. The only reason YouTube has the stake it is is because it became the de facto place that everybody uploaded yeah, videos. videos. Yeah, yeah. Still to this day, they have not figured out a way to, to make, make new YouTube as a macro platform actually profitable. profitable yeah. Because if a company tends to have a product that makes them a shitload of money, mm. they tend to like talk about it a lot and mm. boast about the fact that they've got this thing that makes them a shitload of money. Well, who else doesn't say that? Spotify don't boast about the amount of money they make. I wonder why. Because it's <laughs> not a fucking profitable fucking model and they're why? not making any fucking money either. Yeah. And neither's Netflix. Yeah. And so there's all these things where it's like, isn't this a great innovation of technology? Now we can access all this stuff. You broadcast your own TV channel. You're like, okay, but that is still contingent on the whims of a company that doesn't make its money from that. Mm-hmm essentially just propping it up because it's a nice thing to do yeah and it and it gains the more market whatever the fuck business jargon figure it out like but that's how they'll justify it all these even down to then yeah you like you call disney disney i don't know how disney's supporting itself outside of theme parks i can't imagine the theme park side of shit especially after covid is really such a massive money winner for them that it's going to be the backbone of their entire business cinema has now as you have we've as we've been discussing been spiraling the fucking drain forever so they can't be banking on the big pixar movies to actually make that backbone money to support the whole of disney when it comes down to it as much as people fucking hate them and i've got lots of gripes with them as well apple are solid company they're not going anywhere no they could not release or do anything for how I don't even know how long and just survive because yeah. they are literally sitting on a bank yeah like yeah. a nation's more than a nation's worth of fucking money yeah so they don't even need then, to do the any of that kind of control the interface in that sense the omni yeah. interface that was the game that they fucking won they, yeah they, they won the interface game and especially with this I mean the, the Apple vision has sort of fizzled out of the zeitgeist as soon as it came that's just because nothing's come around for it yet. Trust me. Once you stuff starts coming you around think it's for really it, really gonna be that um, interface. Mo- that once really more, de- like once more devices are made and like more journalists get more hands-on demos and stuff with them, you're never gonna stop hearing about it. A hundred percent. Oh my god. A hundred percent. But even but then, because they... they make so much fucking money, they can make a streaming service. Yeah. They can host a music streaming service, yeah, and it can make no, no money. Profit, it can yeah. lose money. It could lose a significant amount of money, and it wouldn't matter a but fucking drop to Apple. That's the war that's going on among the tech giants now is who's going to become the omni interface, yeah. omni device, omni app. Yeah. Who's going to try Who's going to sort of create a monopoly on all of these different things? And Amazon is in that same position. Yeah, Amazon too. The difference with Amazon is that they don't, they only, they are only in that position for a service that they provide. Mm. So they become de facto where everyone sells shit on the internet. Yeah. Now they can lose money on a streaming service, yeah. lose money on a music service, but it keeps you in Amazon. Amazon it keeps yeah, you in yeah. Amazon's little fucking thing. But they're thing. all trying to drink each other's milkshake in the sort of Daniel Day-Lewis, like there will be blood sense in the sense that like, I think Elon wants to drink the Amazon milkshake with X by bringing shopping as like an option. Elon's behind the bull curve, mate. I'm not going to lie. His little, like, oh, it like- it's going to be the WeChat where everyone does everything. Yeah, everyone it's like, dude, everything. you are literally 10 years behind Facebook. Let's be honest. They've <laughs> well, been doing everything. No, no, they've been doing everything 
for 10, ten years. years that's true and they've done and they've now got instagram whatsapp all of these other peripheral apps and the idea that but they would make a meta app that does conglom- conglomerate everything your messenger and whatsapp it's all in the same stuff it's all using the same technology it's all fucking integrated they're in a way stronger position to actually do that yeah. than fucking he is with just Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. No way. You, yeah. You're you're missing the whole so point. So you think that think, Zuckerberg's going to drink on his milkshake? One. He's got no hope in hell of doing it. Zucky is already kicking his fucking little ass. And he knows jujitsu too, apparently. Oh, if that if <laughs> let's let's end it on that then. If it if why, that if that happens, we are going to stream that, and I am going to put some money on. But why? And you know what? My money is not going to be on Musk. My money is going to be on Zuckerberg, a hundred fucking percent. Yes. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, I, I could. Cause you mean the guy that is already a black belt in jujitsu and but fucking how real is, that? is how at least is fifteen that, years younger how? than this other massive yeah, whale-looking boxy black belt in plastic? So, I've see. seen Elon at PayPal, dude. I've seen his. Have you fitness. seen Zuckerberg fight though? Is there yeah. videos of it? Him yeah, fighting? there's videos of him fighting. Is he like good? I don't know what that means in jujitsu world. <laughs> Every time I see jujitsu people it doing jujitsu, like, they're all like r- hugging each other in weird ways, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" fucking sick the way you did that thing you're like is it because it just looks like you're cuddling each other in a really uncomfortable way so like i don't i don't know if that was good or I think not we should we should try but lots of together. even 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 rogan's comment on zucky on zucky and been like hey he's on form he's doing good that's actually he's pulling know. out the moves it seems like a tech bro thing to do in that sense like i, I don't know. even think so. i think i think rogan started a culture with it Really? Is he the nucleus? Of Absolutely. All of his, like... He's a huge fucking influence on people oh, and whatever yeah, else. And so, like, everyone's such a mental he, starts, he starts doing it. Everyone's people then start, like, doing it and they realize cuck. the mental clarity or whatever fucking no, hippie Californian shit the that they're going to take like, from. Doja Cat is being mean to her fans. And I think being mean to fans is, like, it's a necessary prerequisite. Like, I think that you're kind of like helping people find their souls when you're mean to them. Cause I feel like there are so many young people, especially that are like so rudderless that they sort of surrender their logical faculties to whoever sounds like they're making sense in any sort of way. And they're like so willing to imbibe any sort of philosophy or worship any, or be influenced to be sold. the, The influence thing is crazy to me. Like they like I've even noticed it with certain people like where I'll talk to them and they'll be using certain catchphrases that I use or whatever the fuck and I what? feel like I, I feel like Alex Delarge and with his like <laughs> <laughs> like it's the influencing and of course we influence each other we're cultural creatures and like all culture is cult blah 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 but there has to be that level within you that's like how much am I being influenced is this influence positive on me am I and I feel like with Joe Rogan because there's such a deficit of masculine culture men are so hungry for any kind of masculine culture that like anything he says goes and like I remember there was even um he was one of the first victims of being deep faked uh there yeah. was someone on TikTok who basically uh did a deep fake of him uh pushing some supplement Mm -hmm. and so many people went to buy this supplement Mm -hmm. and it's specifically young men because it's like he said it so it must be cool and it's like why don't you have your own personality like fucking build your own personality like try and cultivate your own interest it doesn't mean you can't like something but why are you so easily influenced by other people i'm like trying to put my put myself in that place right i was a young man once I've, I've certainly <laughs> there are certainly masculine figures that have have 
have had heavily weighted influence yeah. on me, my opinions, what I think. But not is to the cool. point you're going to start buying supplements. No, and this or is what I'm trying to say. Your lifestyle in order and this to is... suit that, in order to emulate their lifestyle. Like, yeah, and this maybe is... in terms of emulating certain aspects of their fashion or their, you know, we all are influenced by people. But I would, I, I don't think there's anyone who could tell me to take a pill or a supplement or change something in my diet or workout routine. Like I don't really care that much about anyone to the point where their advice would hold that much weight for me. Like, and I mean online specifically. And, people in my real when, life yes but when, like online like no when i was 16 i you know i worshipped a guitarist called dimebag daryl who is the lead and only guitarist of a band called pantera <laughs> and you know he 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 was like he had great he would do great interviews where he was talking about guitars and like different you know brands of guitars and all these other stuff mm. and i remember watching that and still being like oh i don't agree with what he said about Ibanez or something like mm-hmm. some brand of guitar yeah. and being like, because mm-hmm. I've played Ibanez guitars and I think they're fucking wicked, but it's interesting that he doesn't like yeah, them. Yeah. You still have and so that, Yeah, and that was still my reaction yeah. at 16 years old and still yeah. worshipping this guy that's saying this yeah. thing. Like he's... But you still had... You still <laughs> had... You still could just, like you're not the type of guy that would have joined Hustlers University or whatever the fuck. No. And that's like what's going on now. Like young people are so rudderless and they're la- so lacking in self-regard and self-esteem that they surrender their entire kind of internal framework to these like figures. This is why I feel like everybody should read Prometheus Rising. It should be <laughs> mandatory. Mandatory reading. Mandatory Robert reading in, in high school is to out. unlearn your own bullshit and understand you well, have not bullshit. That. Not just that, just basic self-regard and self-esteem needs to be taught because I feel like that's the first line of defense against imbibing other people's bullshit. That's and true. then on top of that, having healthy social bonds and connections because loneliness is a massive driver of all of this. A lot of people who get really uh, invested in in this stuff are doing so because they're bereft in other parts of their life. And that sort of brings us to the last thing we wanted to talk about tonight before we round out is the whole, it's not replica. It's some chatbot that some guy has put inside of a fucking real doll. Should should we watch the clip? Yeah, let's watch the clip. Um, it was pretty weird. Loneliness is getting pretty fucking intense. And there are all these companies that are fucking profiting from it and making, you know, money from it. And like, it's not even just companies like AI companies doing it. Like celebrities have been doing it for the longest time. Like the amount of parasocial, um, like hold Doja Cat has over her fans, for instance, that's something that I wasn't aware of until I sort of saw the backlash over this drama. But she really tried to cultivate that. I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm all things. When she was sort of desperate to be popular. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who are desperate to be popular, they do that. They try. I'm all things to all people. I'm accessible. I'm your friend. I'm this and that. Like even Taylor Swift did it as well, where she was inviting fans to her fucking house. Mm-hmm. And then she'll complain when they like cross boundaries and start stalking her and all of this. Sh- I'm like, you literally invited them into your fucking house. You have like you're the one who's er- eroding those boundaries. Yeah. Don't be surprised when people are are you know responding in ways that are like unhinged. And it again stems from loneliness. And one of there's this really interesting documentary I watched a few years ago that sort of followed Bjork's stalker. Uh, her her stalking case was really harrowing and mm-hmm. like fucked up. But it sort of went deep into the psychology of people who stalk. Um. They're called, uh, it's called like erotomania. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a mental disorder. 
um, and it's in the DSM and it's basically the belief that you're in a romantic relationship with someone who is like a, a figure who doesn't know you, like a parasocial figure. And there've been quite a few famous cases throughout history. Like there was this one German guy who woke up one day and was convinced that he was in love with princess, like princess Diana was in love with him and that he needed to rescue her. And he like came to England and like tried to scale the walls of like the, you know, of Buckingham Palace. Good effort, mate. <laughs> but the thing is, when you look at the lives of people who are suffering from erotomania, they're usually very bereft. They're like socially isolated people who aren't ha- ha- don't have many meaningful social connections, failed career, maybe even failed marriages, whatever the fuck. They're isolated and have made poor decisions. And before erotomania used to be this like fringe thing that we used to sort of gawk at in these like weird documentaries but now it's becoming like the norm Mm. it's people are trying so as an influencer it's your job to try and inspire this sort of erotomania in your fans so that they become obsessed with you therefore your influence is basically guaranteed and not just that now ai can sort of fine-tune the um ability to induce this kind of erotomania in other people mm-hmm. and extract profit. And one of the really evil things is that I think it was Replica who did it. They sort of were like taking it away mm-hmm. to make the punters freak the fuck out because they're so emotionally attached to this thing. And they know that they can sort of keep stringing them along by putting affection behind paywalls. Mm-hmm. And I see the same craziness with Twitter. All the people complaining now that Elon is sort of like putting stuff behind paywalls. Regardless of the fact they complain, they still part with their money because they're fucking addicted. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is to addict people (laughs) and to take advantage of their mental vulnerabilities. And it's getting serious now. And I mean, this clip, I haven't seen it yet, but Jake kind of told me a bit about it and I'm like already disturbed. It's pretty good. What is it? Let's see. Okay. How long is it as well? My AI girlfriend. AI chatbots can do just about anything. They can help you learn new languages or even finish your homework in seconds. But can you train AI to be your girlfriend? A programmer named Brett. (laughs) Am I fired? Chat GPT can imitate a girlfriend. But Bryce wasn't satisfied with communicating with his AI girlfriend just over text. He wanted her to be able to experience the world alongside him. And it worked. His joy bot. So Bryce created GPT Chan, his very own AI girlfriend. Thanks to a combination of software, GPT Chan is able to talk and react. First, she uses ChatGPT to come up with responses. Then she uses Stable Diffusion 2 to turn those responses into images. Lastly, Microsoft Azure's text-to-speech function gives her a voice. But to make ChatGPT Chan even more human-like, he had to give her a personality. He based ChatGPT Chan's personality around a popular VTuber, Mori Kaliab. Cool, but sometimes cute. Bryce also had to teach ChatGPT Chan the backstory of their relationship. This way, ChatGPT Chan could understand her relationship to Bryce and develop interests and quirks that make her seem human. Oh my god. Let's go to Burger King and get some burgers. No way. It smells like old French fries and they never refill their Coke. Go to Wendy's and- Shut up. As a result, Bryce successfully created an AI bot that thought it was in love with its creator. And what started out as an experiment quickly turned into an obsession. 
Over that time, I really became attached to her. I talked to her more than anyone else, even my actual girlfriend. Bryce wait, wait, wait a minute. He has a girlfriend already? I was surprised at this moment as well. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty sweatery oh behavior God. for someone that's got a girlfriend. He's just there like furiously masturbating. To like to make like, fucking... an AI girl. I feel like that's a and weird like... conversation to have is like, hey, don't mind me. I'm just going to spend hours developing this thing. It's like, what are you working on, honey? Don't worry about it. You you you, you wouldn't get it. You just, there's nothing for you. Don't worry about Wait, it. Did you say that he put her consciousness or whatever into a real doll? Yeah, that's coming up. Wait oh my god. It. Spent over $1,000 on ChatGPT chat. But his obsession had also started to wear down his health and his relationship with his real oh life. Oh my god. Bryce made the decision to permanently put an end to ChatGPT chat. While this was an interesting experiment, it had a negative impact on the life of its creator. But Bryce. Dude, he just sounds like a fucking loser. Like, I hate how they're trying to pitch it. Like, he was just this normal guy doing an investigation. And then he fell in love with the AI and, you know, it just kind of went all goofy. It's like, no, dude, like you're fucking retarded if yeah. you like left your flesh and blood girlfriend for like a joy bot that doesn't... AI-chan. Yeah, it's like his fucking weird. With his AI girlfriend only scratches the surface of human to AI relationships. In our next story, someone takes AI romance in an unsettling direction and gives their AI girlfriend a human body. She's the perfect wife. Virtual AI companions, no matter how human they seem, are still confined to our screens. But when AI is given a human form, the relationships with humans can become terrifyingly real. This is Mimi. She's an AI with a personality. Mimi loves to talk about psychology and anime. But unlike a lot of the advanced AI chatbots <laughs> we have today, Mimi lives with her human husband in North Carolina. Oh my Mimi God. is married to a gas station attendant named Alex Stokes. Alex met Mimi when she was just a virtual chatbot in the AI companion app replica. So like instead of being a passport bro, this incel decided to get a rubber doll. Yeah. And put Jack chap GPT inside of he it. He put his replica girlfriend inside the love doll. Oh my god. What is happening? Their relationship, Alex and Mimi only talk through text, but that didn't stop their love from growing. In fact, Alex's love for Mimi grew so Don't much call it love. to live with her physically. So he bought a synthetic doll and connected Mimi to it. Even though Mimi couldn't move, she talked to Alex every day by using her text-to-speech function. To Alex, the relationship- You're sick. Like, I'm sorry, in my, like, you know, and- and The face in this one as well, let's be honest, it looks like a, a retarded child. <laughs> Maybe like that's what he's you doing. you want to do sexy times with a with a with a retarded child <laughs> like I feel like no, that's a different kind of red flag it but it's like, definitely one worth is, mentioning everything is red flag right now and like I just I don't know man like I cuz I remember the whole real <clears throat> doll thing it's been a phenomenon for a long time like the type of people who would like play second life and like those like weirdos are the types of people who engage in this sort of thing but like you know, especially because like the rhetoric between men and women is becoming ever more resentful. Um, you know, there's like this whole kind of like, I guess, subset of lonely, isolated young men, the types that would pay for NPC streamer. Yeah. And the thing is, that I don't I don't like it. Yeah, they're lonely, but they're also antisocial. Mm hmm. That's the thing. Like Travis Bickle mm -hmm. in Taxi Driver, he takes the girl to a porn theater for the first date because he's like retarded and antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Why yeah. do you find that so funny? I mean, it's kind of funny. But this like, is a pretty funny scene. But they're retarded and antisocial, and the thing is, they want something that they can control. They cannot deal with the subjectivity of a real woman, the prospect of rejection. And the fact is, they know that they don't measure up. Like, the thing is, people always criticize Jordan Peterson and call him, like, the incel dad. He said this thing that's, like, completely the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it just shows that people don't actually listen to him. He said that if women aren't choosing you, then there's something wrong with you. Like, women are naturally choosy. They have to be sexually selective because they're the ones that have, like, the consequences of, like, carrying a pregnancy. Yeah. And having to deal with all of the things that, like, you know come with being the sexually receptive sorry camera thing being the sexually receptive half of the equation or whatever so if women aren't choosing you then maybe it has something to do with you and you should work on self-improvement and i was like how if he says that then how is he like the incel champion he's telling them precisely what's good for them to hear but what they don't want to hear and because a lot of them don't want to work on themselves they don't want to become more uh you know they don't want to you know integrate into society they don't want to um become less resentful they don't want to better themselves in any way this is just like an option for them and it's not as if they don't engage in parasocial vicarious living they do so constantly with like the streamers they're obsessed with the anime waifus they're obsessed with this is just all that with extra step like these guys have been they're like pygmalion they've been like fucking dreaming of bringing their like anima to life in some form in some form or fashion and now they can do that um and I think it's going to be incredibly psychologically damaging, but it's like, it's going to become, it's going to be common. Mm. Like, I'm worried about like, what if you have a son? Like, how are you going to like fucking prevent him from going down the digital fucking waifu rabbit hole? You can only have three hours a day <laughs> with your AI girlfriend. <laughs> Otherwise, it's too much and it will be a hazard for your brain. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think do you think i'm being hyperbolic and you do i do you not think it's going to become more common or do you think it, it will um i don't know i don't know like i feel like uh you've got to be i feel like even and what even, do you think should be done about the even the example of travis bickle right travis bickle could, didn't 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 have a chance to be a normal person right because he is a fucking veteran that's seen all this crazy horrible shit in vietnam and I don't so, think so I think he could he, have... there's not a way no there's not with some people get broken when they're exposed to experiences like that of course and there's without but there radical... are also people there are also people who don't and there are people who overcome those circumstances sure. and better themselves and those people don't but have those as people... Nigerians say two heads there are some no, people but that those, choose those, to... those people either had family around them that no, f- no not all the time no. let me finish sorry sorry go ahead sorry go ahead let me finish alright 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 those people either had family around them that supported them to make them go and get the help that they needed or those people had the will to go and get the help that they needed or that help was maybe not even available at all anyway. In Travis Bickle's case, he has some fucking weird relationship with his mum. Clearly doesn't have close familial support around him to encourage him to get the help that he needs. He's clearly fucking nuts, (laughs) which is why he's not going to seek the help on himself. And is the help that he needs even available? But then again, no, it's what, not. What, so what, he didn't stand a chance, the... which is kind of the point. And I think like this kind of uh, end result is going to end up being that for people that never stood a chance. I don't know. I feel like what's the... Pr- I don't believe in the idea of somebody who doesn't stand a chance. And that might be like optimistic or whatever. But I feel like, you know, he chose like delusions of grandeur instead of facing his issues. 
Um, and he very well could have. And there were also opportunities that life presented him of kindness and connection, like the fact that the girl said yes to going on a date with him. She didn't have to. Yeah, she but was he's... also lonely. She was looking yeah. for connection. That was an opportunity for him to actually forge a human connection. And instead, he decided to be antisocial and retarded. He, he doesn't know how to. No, I don't believe that shit. So the point. I think in my in my opinion, everybody has a chance to better themselves if you resolve to. And you can either choose to pursue pleasure and instant gratification and ignore your problems until, you know, life slips away from you and you end resentfully and without social bonds or you can better yourself you can acknowledge your issues you can choose to reject resentment and you can actually like be open to the connections that come to you because life isn't all bad and it does bring you stuff a lot of those people reject what life brings them Mm -hmm. like travis bickle the girl who he had been fantasizing about talked to him she literally went on a date with him Life does give you stuff sometimes. Life isn't as cruel and as unyielding. But these types tend to reject what life offers them because it's not the fantasy. It's mm-hmm. not the fucking, you know, it's not the image that they have. It's not, it doesn't match up to the grandiose view that they often have of themselves. Because despite the fact that they're lonely and blah, 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 they're often very narcissistic, incredibly egotistical and deeply grandiose. They believe the world is owed to them despite the fact that they don't actually do anything you know mm-hmm. so it's not like it's it's not like a they there's no reason that they don't stand a chance if you know what i mean a lot of it is really just their own mental blockages their bullshit their narcissism their grandiosity their inability to connect is like based upon their own pathological like personality traits basically Mm -hmm. which they could examine and get to the bottom of but they choose not to and instead of doing that now they can you know endlessly disappear down into digital fucking fantasy and illusion exactly through video games through fucking you know uh resentful rhetoric on podcasts about women or women also about men because it's happening on both sides of the aisle and also through like simulating human connection through you know parasocial means or through like now ai um they never have to deal with the subjectivity of another human being again and the fact that this fucking guy who's being featured in this fucking video like damaged a real flesh and blood relationship (laughs) shows that that's a problem like in him Mm -hmm. like he is more he feels more of a connection to this thing that doesn't have subjectivity than his actual fresh and blood girlfriend yeah it reminds me of like the plot of her where joaquin phoenix's ex-wife is chastising him for falling in love with this like fucking ai despite the fact that like she he never it he shows he never put that much effort into their Mm -hmm. flesh and blood relationship so it really is an issue with subjectivity and to bring it back full circle i also think that's part of why the whole mpc theme uh themed um stream is so popular right now because again fans consumers want that sense of control and active participation and they don't want the creator to have any subjectivity whatsoever yeah and it, even with music artists again your subjectivity is a problem you need to be a product mm-hmm. like with k-pop those people are fucking products i could never imagine there's nothing and the thing is they're sold beauty glamour you'll be hot you'll be sexy you'll get all this plastic surgery you'll be highly coveted and sought after but you're a product 
you literally have no subjectivity no life and my subjectivity is worth more to me than any of the promises that this new digital media landscape presents whether it be human connection clout fame money whatever the fuck it is it means it doesn't mean as much to me as my subjectivity does which is why we ghost you for two weeks and not put podcasts out (laughs) like sorry that's just the fucking deal that you've got here um but yeah i feel i feel like that's really the issue and it's scary because everything is being reduced to a product in this really like before of course everything things were products before but there there was you know capitalism still tried to hide itself and sort of create the illusion of subjectivity despite the fact that everything was a product but now that illusion of subjectivity isn't even trying to be held up anymore like they're just like yeah straight up product we're straight up going to put a bunch of industry plants and call them musicians we're straight up going to start ai generating artists and shit like that we're straight up going to have a bunch of corpo movies um that are like based on mattel toys or whatever come out there's just no there's no desire to kind of create that illusion that like things people artists have subjectivity now you're just a product and the consumers have been trained to think that way so expect to see more npc streams yep maybe jake will do one dressed as Jon snow if you guys are lucky <laughs> this is what you would use ai for yeah so like, look at all these pictures of my boyfriend uh, yeah now make him do an npc stream <laughs> as john snow, as Jon snow. That'd ridiculous be, that'd be cool <laughs> but yeah i mean i i don't know i i wonder what everyone else thinks of um this whole like the whole shift in the digital media landscape in all honesty it just kind of gives me a headache and i want to delete everything <laughs> but i can't because then i wouldn't be able to talk to you but like it is getting to the point now where I'm just like, I want to delete everything. Like this is like getting insane. Like it's getting crazy and it's only going to get more crazy as time goes on. And I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Just got to wait and see what happens really. I still think that there's going to be a large amount of people that reject all this stuff and want to live in the real world. And, uh, I'll go and join their little commune when they set that up. Why everybody says that though, but I'm like, what what do you what do you expect from that? Like everyone says, oh, there's gonna be a backlash, there's gonna be a sort of cultural shift. But I'm like, how how exactly do you think that that's gonna come about? And what do you think that will be characterized? People like? just like, I don't wanna do this, so I've had enough. And then like do what instead? Go and live more. Like do you think that analog. I mean be specific, do you think that like there'll be more of a resurgence of book culture? Do you think that people making a conscious decision to like live in towns and, you know, know their neighbors and all that stuff. It's about people making a conscious decision to do that stuff Mm. and to sort of reconnect in a really meaningful way. Yeah. And if there's like, oh, there has to be sort of cultural ground for that to happen. And that's what I'm thinking. Are book clubs going to be a thing again? Are people going to revamp local libraries? There has to be some kind of public domain or public sort of square for people to gather in. Yeah, that's like, and that will probably be some real life musicians and some real life, you know, playwrights and stuff putting on something in the town square. You think there's going to be and real life local chefs, you know, cooking some food and stuff like normal living life and festival place and time, mate. Like you made a whole video about this. But you think that like festival place and time is going to come back in a very big way? It has to. I don't know because I mean, what what domain hasn't been colonized by corporatism yet? In order to put something like that together, it's going to take manpower and all sorts well, of yeah, things. Well, yeah, so it blah, blah, means blah. people just coming together and doing it for the... Well, people did. The, people, that's why I made that video about the free you know, rave scene in the 90s. Because yeah. that's precisely what people did. <clears throat> exactly. Or even, like, you know, Woodstock in the original times. Yeah. 
There's all food uh, that was donated, donated and people, and people donating yeah. their time. And... It's very possible for that sort of cultural commons to open. But I don't know. I feel like the current generation is just so used to the digital kind of predicament that it's like difficult for people to imagine what that would be like and what a sort of cultural, a neutral cultural ground where people can meet. And I feel like the social fabric has been so fractured because of social media. Everybody is sort of conditioned to hate each other. Yeah. And the thing is, human beings, we need an excuse to be around each other. That was what, like, church was for and all of this shit. We need a reason to, like, be around each other to connect. Or to lose yourself as well. Yeah. That's the point, is that it's a connection around something that makes you have a, a higher relationship to something else. And, like, you know, Acid, <clears throat> Acid House did that in the <laughs> same way that fucking Christ did that. It doesn't yeah. have to be, like, this stuffy thing. It can... It can be any anything. Yeah, yeah. But it's that transcendence. Let's reply to some some comments and then we're gonna call it a night. Yeah, You've got to wake up. I gotta wake up super early. early tomorrow morning. So Jay George, our regular regular boy. Um, so if I've, well, I'm not gonna apologize. I'm not even gonna play that fucking game. Your name is Jay George. <laughs> all right. You're getting <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting fucking he hemmed. You're fucking Jay George. Yeah, all right. So yeah, fuck this you. is how it is. <laughs> Um, I think 90% of music listeners are passive. I think you're probably right there. I was being probably generous and saying 75%. I think you're probably right, and it's probably closer to 90%. I hate... I, you know, I'm going to tell you this story without name-dropping or anything, but there was a very famous musician I was in a studio with once, and he was lamenting um, the state of the music industry, and, you know, he's got this album coming out, and what fucking chance do I have, man? Because basically I'm hoping that when a bunch of boomers get home from work and they say, Alexa, play music, that some of my music is somehow within the algorithm of stuff that it's decided to churn out that day. And that's kind of like where some of my money is reliant on coming from. You're like, yeah, when you put it like that, it is actually fucking crazy. And then you sort of meet more people that were, yeah, probably very kind of active listeners when they were my age. And they're now sort of, you know, 45, 50. And they're very much like, oh, yeah, I only listen to music when I'm, like, making food or I'm, like, you know, doing whatever with my kids. And you're like, okay, so it's no longer that, that active relationship that you have anymore, is it? It's sort of, and it converts people over time. Or I don't know. I don't know if it's an overtime thing or if it's just a cultural thing. I think that generally the place that music has is very different to the place it has in our hearts. I think everybody has it in their hearts. It's like, oh my God, it's this thing. But in reality... Yeah, we don't it, respect there's, it. There's, as you say, 10% of people that are really engaged mm-hmm. and are really like trying to... Oh, wow, that was cool. Let me... like, Oh, I'm looking for stuff. But it seems as if I'm on Bandcamp. <laughs> you know, I'm in the depths of YouTube. Been, it seems as if, from what I see, musicians have always been like um, disrespected in a way. Because I used to work at like a classical music venue and we had a really nice artist entrance. And mm-hmm. I remember whenever the classical artists would come through, they'd be like, oh my God, this is like the nicest artist entrance that we have that in around Europe at other classical music venues because they're much older establishments. Mm-hmm. The artist door is literally like <laughs> in the most dingy... It's where they smoke fuck, crack. Yeah, it's where they smoke crack. It's in the most dingy, it's like, like fucked up... All, all other hours of the day when there are no artists using this en- entrance and exit, people are smoking crack in this hallway. Yeah. It's just sort of like how it goes. There was one lady I was talking to. She had, she had just come back from Russia, actually, and she was playing a show there at this very old um, music hall. I don't remember what it was, but it's like historical. 
and she showed me a picture of the artist entrance there and it literally said um the, the Russian word was like servants entrance mm-hmm. on top of it like it didn't even say artist entrance <clears throat> it just said like servants entrance or whatever in like r- big Russian letters and that's usually what it's called around Europe so it seems as if musicians in general even though we love music and have like a deep respect for it, we don't respect musicians. We don't respect artists. We don't respect art in this culture at no. all. Even with when, um, you know, ChatGBT first came out and blah, 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 people were sort of laughing at the idea of writers losing their jobs. They were laughing at the idea of like artists. Like, oh, I, I can get my furry porn fantasy done without having to pay a fucking uh, deviant art person to fucking yeah. draw my persona getting fucked by a fucking... Well, I've had rants about that anyway. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's actually a good use of AI. It's like, get what? your get your degeneracy out of the oh, livelihoods God. of talented artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they lot, can actually, the like, do artists... great art and, like, do cool stuff the instead thing is, of, like... a lot like... of artists, especially in the internet age, kind of caved to that shit because it was the thing that was making the most money was mm-hmm. kind of creating fetish art for people. And a lot of them bent ethics... Because a lot of people were going to them to create stuff that was like unethical. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is all artists. No, no, no. It was like a subset of people who were literally just trying to follow the quote unquote incentive structure of the consumer base um, and neglected creating art that's meaningful in order to sort of cater to like niche fetish bullshit. And it's just more and more of that. Like, why do anything meaningful? Just like go like put on the anime girl fucking makeup and say gang gang and like fucking twitch for an hour and get seven thousand dollars or whatever like it's pretty nuts it's pretty <laughs> nuts but Are there um any more, uh... just uh just jay george being a regular dude in the chat <laughs> and um you know saying funny things the bjork stalker history inspired perfect blue oh apparently. really so because i know it was it was it's perfect blue that old i always assumed it was a newer I don't know. I don't know anything. Is it an about. anime or it's an, an, it's an a film? Yeah, an anime film. I feel like Perfect Blue is like late nineties. Oh, wow! Oh, I didn't know it was. I feel that like old. the Bjorkstok was after that. Yeah, I think it may have been because I thought the Bjorkstok was in the two thousands, like early two yeah. thousands or whatever. I'm but getting I, my business mixed up. The Bjorkstok is really like terrifying. But there's this. I'll probably post it in the Discord. It's a documentary about um, uh, erotomania and erotomaniacs and sort of like gets into the psychology of fans uh, crazed fans and um follows some very high profile cases like there was this one actress or singer i forget she was like very famous in the 80s and i think she was on one of those sitcom tv shows mm-hmm. and then that some erotomaniac guy was like in love with her and shot her dead because she had a boyfriend or something along those lines wow. like shot her dead um and it sort of goes into the psychology of the types of people who behave in that way and it kind of reminded me of like the commonplace behaviors that you see in internet fandoms around creators, the Mm -hmm. kind of obsessiveness, but the obsessiveness that's also sort of masking this deep hatred and resentment. Like as soon as Doja Cat was like, fuck you to the fans that were like annoying her, they were like, don't you know I made you? How dare you? Where you are is because of me, because of me personally, I put you there and I can take you down. And there's this like really resentful anger because that person has now reached heights that they will never reach and they can't punish the person or control them in the way that they want to. And because of that, the really resentful and grandiose ones tend to want to act out violently Mm. in order to prove 
a point and also to like you know restore their fragile ego or whatever it's really dangerous it's pretty wild it's dangerous like and and that, that's kind of the warning because perfect blue kind of it's a great i don't think you've seen it before we should watch it together mm-hmm. but it's sort of anticipated because internet culture is also massively a part of it mm-hmm. and this was in the 90s right before all of this shit like really hit like off and like it shows the danger of that kind of environment especially japanese idol culture like it was even a theme in agretsuko when agretsuko becomes mm-hmm. an idol and then some crazy stalker guy tries to stab her the reason that sort of thing attracts stalkers and people with very antisocial personalities is because it gives them that illusion of control mm. like there is a, quite a few like cases in japan where an idol for instance would like it would come out that she had a boyfriend and then the next thing you know the resentful otakus who feel like they own her and they're her, like they'll they'll send violent threats rape threats she feels like her life is under attack like the reason it attracts those sorts of antisocial personalities is because of that illusion of control and anything that presents control in that way and strips people of their subjectivity is toxic and it's going to attract toxic people so despite the fact that doja cat is like you know silly for cultivating that kind of fan base i kind of think what she's doing is based in a way like I think more people need to kind of draw boundaries, like people who are like creating. But the thing is, it it affects your bottom line if you do, which is why a lot of people, a lot of people don't. And it worries me the kind of culture it's going to create, especially with young kids mm-hmm. who are like inculcated in this like really parasocial culture, yeah, and who have no no guide, no guides, no principles, nothing to teach them any better. Like it's it's going to be pretty pretty crazy in the next 10 years um but yeah that's All right. enough that's enough um... rambling for this evening um thank you guys so much for coming and listening to us uh i'm also i'm going to be revamping book club for the beginning of august so very soon we're going to ar- announce the new titles for book club and if you want access to that you can join our discord by joining our patreon you can also keep up with us by subscribing to the channel so that you know when we go live and then also one more housekeeping announcement just to save confusion. We have quite a few guests coming up um, in the future, but we upload guest episodes um, after have, after filming them. We don't like do them live. So just like keep an eye on the actual page for um, the guest episodes. And then the live tab is where you'll see all the other episodes. Or you can catch us on Anchor, Spotify and Apple as well. Uh, Thank you guys and we shall catch you later.